You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, this is Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneurs Podcast. Today, we have Lindsay McLaughlin on with us from RAL Optimized, which is Residential Assistant Living, and it is an empire. <laughs> I love that, you know, the Residential Assistant Living Empire on your website. I love it. Okay, so Lindsay, thanks so much for being here with us today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Why don't you give us a little bit of background of you as a nurse to get us started off? Sure. So I went into nursing school at University of Toledo right out of high school. And actually going in, I said, I want to be a surgical nurse, but also knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I was kind of doing both of those, going after both. As a caregiver through college, graduated as an RN, uh, actually really struggled through nursing school. Happened to be the one that was sitting there writing business plans through nursing school. And <laughs> so I did kind of struggle, but I did get right into surgery after right after college. It was, you know, very interesting. I learned a ton. I did that for seven years and actually quit that on a leap of faith to go into real estate investing. I wanted to raise my kids, be present with them, have more freedom, flexibility, and still wanted to help people. So we found some really creative things to do in the real estate world. And actually through that, heard of the residential assisted living opportunity and I'll never forget that moment. It was my husband and I, and we were out in LA at this conference and we looked at each other and we're like, yes, yes. Like we can do this. You know, I can do my nursing thing. Like I actually know how to do this and you know how to be in real estate. And we both know how to do this together. Like, this is going to be fantastic. It checks all the boxes. We can help people. So we came home and got right to work on it. Oh, and, and what was that? For the rest the rest is history as far as, you know, being full-time entrepreneurs, being with our kids and also, you know, building our residential assisted living business and doing more and more with that. Okay. And when, when did you start this business? We got started, I guess, like beginning of 2016. 2016. Okay. Now I'm going to say that you made that sound super simple that you just decided to go into real estate and then you built an empire. <laughs> well, I'm assuming there were a couple of things that happened along the way. <laughs> Nothing. Everything's been perfect, right? <laughs> That's how it goes. That's funny. No. Yeah. So when we decided to do real estate investing, yeah, it was a total leap of faith, you know, going from having that steady income and pick up as many hours as you wanted you know, kind of, it was a flexible schedule in one way, right? Being in surgery, but, but yeah, jumping into that, that was, that was big. My husband actually wasn't working at the time. So it was the only income we were going to be bringing in is whatever we could produce by doing that. So (laughs) it was scary. It was, it was scary. And I was also pregnant with my second kid at the time. I have five now, but yeah, um, it was very scary. And we had a lot of hard time, you know, like this didn't work, that failed, this failed, but we just kept putting ourselves out there, kept learning and doing new things. And I never say that it was like incredibly successful, but we kept learning through it. And then it brought us to what we're doing now. So uh, it's just part of our journey. Okay. So you were, you started out real estate investing, like, or did you join a real estate firm or did you create your own or was it something completely different? Yeah. So we created our own LLC and I started doing wholesaling and just networking and then started buying rental properties 
through creative financing and then started creating notes and flipping notes and helping people get into properties who normally wouldn't be able to afford it. So it was all like just through creative financing type things. But then, you know, we'd find different ways for funding through different people. And I'll never forget, we were about to close on three properties. Again, this was like in 2015. So prices of things were a little bit different. But we, uh, I had three properties under contract. They were all closing the next day. And the night before, my funding source set pulled out. And I didn't put the right right things in the, in the contracts. So I was still going to end up being out like $20,000. So I'm like, okay, I either need to come up with $100,000 tomorrow, or I'm going to lose $20,000 that I don't already have. So what do I, how do I find $100,000 overnight? And I don't exactly know how it happened, but it happened. And I, 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 I was able to close the next day and like, well, shit, look at that. Like that, that was kind of cool. I don't know how it happened, but it did. So, oh my God, yeah, I can't imagine scary. that phone call and, you know, like, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, yes. you, can't, you can't lose 20,000, but it's, uh, it seems easier to lose 20,000 than to come up with a hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah. At the time I wasn't sure it was just panic mode, but, but yeah, so definitely some hiccups along the way, but yeah. All right. So you were entrenched into real estate investing and then how you, you came across this uh, residential assistant living. Tell us a little bit about what that is and what does that look like from a business standpoint? Yes. Especially talking to nurses. This is where I get excited. Yeah. So residential assisted living is really an assisted living home that can house four to 24 residents, depending on your license and your state and all that. So it's a very small personalized experience for the seniors are providing a lot of care, handholding, you know, it really just becomes like family there. So a lot of times people will take regular single family homes and convert that into a quote unquote group home. I don't usually like using that term, but it is a home and you know, you're housing seniors there, or you can go up to 24 beds in a lot of places. 16 beds is my sweet spot. That's what I really like in a home. So um, so it's really great. So you can be a nurse, provide the care, you can be hiring other nurses, really working with families, loving on those residents and providing them the dignity and the care that they really deserve. And, so wait, um, do you have to find a house that has 16 bedrooms? No. Uh, so we actually ended up building from the ground up. And then we, we just got, uh, we, we were able to purchase what was an adult daycare because most of those went out during COVID. And then we totally renovated that to be a 16 bedroom home. A lot of people will convert homes, you know, so if it sits on a little bit of land, it has an extra garage and all this, you can convert it to be 10, 12, 16 beds, do an addition. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And yeah. So did your real estate business, it funded the the money that you would need to build from the ground up? Or did that come from additional homes that you had previously, like other assisted living facilities fund that? No, uh, we worked with family and family was able to support a lot of that, a lot of sweat equity as well. We built the homes ourselves. So that was really helpful putting in that, that sweat, sweat labor. <laughs> that's a big deal. That's a, you know, that's a huge risk to, to do something like that. And you, you would feel like money hosing out for a while. It's not like you can just build a 16 bedroom home in like a month. <laughs> no, no. You know, I networked and marketed a lot for a while. Cause I was just kind of going with it, you know, like just totally jumped in. I was like, Hey, this is what we're doing. I had to learn everything. I mean, 
I remember even, I know I'm a nurse, <laughs> the very first time I had to work a shift and I'm going in like, oh my gosh, I had somebody else training my staff. I don't even know how to change a brief, an adult brief. I was a YouTube and how to change an adult brief. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, same with the Hoyer, you know, but you learn as you go. <laughs> but yeah, you know, getting started, that was definitely scary. And then for people to know, like, and trust you. And, you know, I would say you're not selling a sweater. You're literally selling that, hey, I can care for your mom at the end of life. Mm-hmm. You know, it definitely helps being a nurse. That brings a lot of validity to you and, and that authority. But it's still like, well, wait a second, you know, this is 24 seven, like, how can I really trust you? So getting over that, but we got our license, our first license in November of 2017. And I didn't have my first resident move in until April of that next year. So yeah, those were some really scary months of, oh my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> well, so, is it hard to find residents and keep them? Well, now it's not. And I've learned a lot along the way. And that's why I'm so passionate now about helping teach others and how to get into this space and having a much shorter uh, time to say, to go from idea to actual business and having residents, you know, there are so many things I would have done differently. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I imagine. So, and do you need, you need to have, do you, do you need to have a license in all the states to run uh, assisted living? Yes. Now in most states, you can have either two or three residents living in a home without being licensed. But once you get past that point, then yes, you do have to have a license. Okay. Is that hard or expensive to get or both? It depends on your state. California is one thing. I'm in Ohio and you have to definitely have your policies and procedures and you got to know what you're doing. You You have to have things together in order to get it. But in order to get your license expense wise, if you're going through the Department of Health and you do the expedited, so they have to come out in two weeks to get your license, it's like twenty five hundred. But if you go with this other license in Ohio, it's only a couple hundred. I know other states are a little bit more, but around that like two thousand, three thousand dollar mark, it, you know, that's okay. I don't consider that too bad. No, I don't either. Actually, that sounds reasonable. Uh, I would have like 10 years ago, I'd have been like, what? It's more than 50 bucks? Forget it. You know? <laughs> now 2,500 seems like junk change. Okay. So, and once you get the license, then does that, do you have to get a license for every assistant living or is it just a one-time license and then you, you it's free for all? It kind of depends. I'm just going to say pretty much Everybody has to get a separate license for every different home because most of the time they're not on one parcel. But if you have multiple buildings on one parcel of land, a lot of times, again, very state by state and all that, but uh, one license and you can keep doing a capacity increase for each home that you build then on that parcel of land. Okay. And is there a, a limited number of assisted living licenses? I know home care has that issue that sometimes they'll run out of licenses and then you have to wait for two years to get one or something. I, not that I've come across. Okay. And what's but the, I also don't know anybody that has like 50 of these. So I'm not, yeah. <laughs> what, what is the market like? Is it, you know, are you begging for clients to come in or are you just like desperate to find places for people to, to go or what's it like? Well, I mean, we all know the demographics and how it's an aging, aging demographics. So we're still in the very beginning of the need for assisted livings. So it kind of depends on, again, your location, but there's definitely a need for quality assisted livings pretty much everywhere. And people really love this small home concept. 
especially after COVID, right? Where we saw the staffing decrease so much and not be there at all, not getting the needs, not getting needs met. And the residential assisted living is really fared much better because it was so much, you know, more intimate and you weren't losing as much staff and you could continue providing the same level of care to your residents, if right. not better, really. Right. Now, so you specialize in seniors, but are there other kind of niches for this and, and what are those? Yeah, absolutely. People do a lot of different things with group homes, whether it's different foster care, adult day for kids, for disabilities, all kinds of things. But yeah, my, my specialty is for, for seniors, but there's a ton of options out there for group homes and a ton of need, especially if your heart is there for the disabled. There is a huge, huge need. Okay. Um, yeah. where, where do they get their funding? Because this would be a cash business, right? Like, I mean, you wouldn't accept, I don't know. <laughs> I can't even think of what they would pay with other than cash. Insurance or something. Yeah. Or, yeah so, and you're speaking about seniors at this point, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So it is private pay mostly. So, but I mean, knowing your demographics going into it is really good, especially like what you can charge and all that. So the private pay, people have assets, you know, if they're sitting on their house, they need to sell their house, all of that. But you can also accept long-term care insurance. So hoping that people are learning and buying long-term care insurance. That is, oh, that's just so wonderful. There's also VA benefits that pay pretty good amount if you if you're familiar with aid and attendance and then we actually recently got the waiver so when somebody does run out of money that we don't need to move them that we can still provide care for them yeah that would be horrible (laughs) (laughs) my I couldn't I've I've never actually done it Um, even before we had the waiver it's like you know once you move in your family like what am I going to do say hey it's been great thank you for being a a client for three years now we're going to move you out to a place that I know is not going to provide care for you no, I didn't yeah. do it. Oh my God. So, so it just took the hit, you know, but I could sleep at night. I could sleep yeah. at night still. <laughs> um, so what is this environment like now with the inflation rates up and interest rates so high? Is this still a viable business? A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many options out there too. You know, if somebody is interested in getting in this space where they're like, Hey, I just don't have the funding. I can't go out and buy a piece of real estate, especially the the cost of real estate right now. But, um, you know, like my company and there are other companies out there that do this now where we can offer a lease option. You can go in and run your business, provide the care that you want to provide and rent the space or do a lease option where you can eventually own it and, you know, get started for a reasonable, a reasonable price into the real estate. And then your turnaround time be a whole lot less as well. Okay. So I see on your website, you you sell, buy, invest, funding. Can you tell us about these different things that, that you guys do at Optimized? Yeah. Yep. So like I said, we um, actually will acquire. So acquire a property, acquire even a licensed property somewhere. So somebody that's wanting to get out of the space, you know, there's a lot of people retiring out of this space right now too, especially post-COVID. Again, I hate saying that, but like, it's true. There's a lot of burnout during that time, you know, so where we can acquire that and then teach somebody new that is wanting to get into this space, how to operate the business, go through a full course workbook, come learn hands-on. So we educate them and then basically sell it back to them on those lease options. So we're buying, acquiring the property, teaching somebody new how to get in there and then selling it back to them. Or we'll partner with them or manage it, manage the business and get people in there that just want to do their thing. So. Okay. 
And what is kind of a reasonable expectation for people? Like what kind of money or access to money do they need to have to get started in something like this? And something like that. So for the education piece, I would say anywhere from like five to 10,000. But now like for us, that 10,000 actually goes towards your down payment on a lease option. And then in order to get into a lease option, for again, most companies, you need to have about 10% down. So looking at your real estate, depending if you're wanting somewhere from like a five bedroom to a 10 bedroom, you know, think of the cost there. So easy numbers, if you're looking at a million dollar property, and that could be 12, 16 beds even, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Looking at about a hundred thousand to be able to put down on something like that. Okay. And then in terms of like renovation costs, do do most places need to be, have some renovation? Are there specifications that the states mandate about assisted living? Yeah. And and again, it just kind of depends, right? The the sprinkler system is one of the big expenses. (laughs) Yeah. But if you're buying a property that's already been licensed or even has been licensed as a different group home, then renovations can be way less. And the price for for all that, I mean, it really, it really just depends. You know, it could be that you have to put minimal in, like, you know, we've acquired one and the house was really great for what it needed and never had been a licensed home before. So they were only putting in like 5,000. But then you look at like the commercial property that we did a total revamp on and that was over 500,000. So, so that's cool to know though, as somebody getting into this space, that the opportunities, you know, I was going to say, I mean, there's opportunities to start on the smaller scale. You don't have to go in and buy a million or $10 million property or think that's the only entry point. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. And I just think it's really exciting if if you're a nurse and you're like, hey, I really have loved caring for seniors. I have been in the senior care industry for so long. I've always wanted to do this. And you're just thinking, but I never could. Like, I don't know how to do business or I don't know how to get started in that. There's so many options out there now. You know, if you're open to learning, jump in. And now is the time. There's options, you know? (laughs) Awesome. All right, Lindsay. Well, if people are like chomping at the bit to know how to get in touch with you and and start their investing, because I know real estate's a hot topic uh, with our group and it's a great investment opportunity. How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn or on Facebook, just through my name, Lindsay McLaughlin. Our website is the raloptimized.com. So you can reach me through there. Facebook is always just a great way. My email address is also lindsay at raloptimized.com. So you can reach out to me there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Yes, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. This is Katie Harris saying thanks for listening. Remember, if you're a nurse who is ready to start this type of business that you heard about here today on this podcast or any other idea that is burning a fire inside of you, let's talk it out. Click the link inside the show notes to schedule your private discovery call with my team. No sales. This call is just to determine what your idea is and if we can help. Until next time, keep making your impact, nursepreneurs.